What up, boys? Welcome back to the Hills Cast. This is episode number four. I'm your host, B. Joined here today, as always, with my two co-hosts, Tom. Yo, voting the polls. And Kevin. Howdy. Today, we're going to jump into our fourth and final position of our pre-draft rankings. We're going to go into our top ten tight ends. Not the sexiest position to talk about, but we got to talk about them nonetheless. You do have to roster one because you got to start one. After that, we're going to get into some draft prep. That's right, boys. It's the last episode before our draft, which is coming up this next Monday, August 24th at 6.40 p.m. Mark your calendars, clear your schedules, because it's going down. Hope you all have been listening up, taking notes, and taking the time to prepare for this draft, because if you haven't, then you're just another donation to the pot. For years to come. And yeah, I just want to reiterate that this is a dynasty draft, so... If you have a bad draft, it's years of pain, not just one year of pain. So just keep that in mind. Uh, just another reminder that it's 25 rounds, so it's going to take a little while. Um, for our draft prep, we are going to be doing a mock draft uh, after the tight ends. Uh, we're going to welcome on two special guests, uh, members of the league, Kyle J. and Nick Holbrook. Uh, so we'll hear, we'll hear from them later on. Um, but to kick off this episode, uh, to go along with this draft theme, uh, I kind of wanted to, I know we go into drafts, everyone goes into a draft with players that they like more than other, uh, players, they have them ranked higher, and then there's other players that they want no part of, that they, they don't want to touch. So we're going to be talking about some sleepers and some busts for the 2020 season. We're each going to say our top sleeper and our top bust. I'm going to have Kevin lead us off here. Uh, Kevin, who's your top sleeper for the 2020 season? So, for my top sleeper for 2020, I'm going to go with Corton Sutton. Not a big surprise. Um, he was outside my top 15. He was at my wide receiver 18. Uh, so, last year, he finished as wide receiver 19 and a half PPR, where he had sleepy Joe Flacco thrown in the ball and fat-faced rookie Drew Locke. Um, I think if Sutton is able to play an entire season as Denver's number one wide receiver and build chemistry with Locke, I like the idea of Sutton sneaking into, into that 15 to wide receiver 12 category. So yeah, that is my sleeper pick of 2020. Did you want me to talk about my bus pick for 2020? No, we'll uh, kick it to Tom here with his top sleeper. So my sleeper is someone that has uh, harmed me physically and emotionally in the past. Um, this is our 28-year-old running back out of San Francisco. Raheem Mustard Mostert. Fantasy Pros has him dropping right around the RB40 around the seventh round. Um, but I actually really like Raheem Mostert at this price. I think he's being slept on a little bit. Coming into last year, the Niners were definitely going to use that true running back committee. Mostert, at best, had the RB3 spot locked up. So going into the season, he wasn't expected to get a lot of opportunity. And throughout the season, that really showed true. He only had seven games over 10 carries and only four with 50% of the offensive snaps. So to say that he was a bell cow is a, is a, an extreme long shot. So he maintained that third string role. But even with this low potential, he put up 772 yards from scrimmage and 10 touchdowns on almost six yards of carry, which are some great numbers. And in the playoffs, when he got the starting job, he manhandled the Packers, as we know. But in those playoffs, he got 53 carries in three games. 336 yards, and five touchdowns. So I think the Niners, after moving into the offseason, cutting Matt Breida, leaving him just to compete with Tevin Coleman, coming off of his great year last year, I think Raheem Mostert's being slept on a little bit here. I like him. 
I don't like them, but we're going to get into like, my sleeper. Like it's Scary Terry McLaurin. So Terry McLaurin showed a lot of promise in his rookie campaign. Came out came out of the gates, first five games, averaging about 81 yards per game on five receptions per game. But once Dwayne Haskins came in, his, uh, his numbers took a hit. I know Haskins is the future for Washington, but with the new head coach and Ron Rivera taking over, a guy who did not draft Haskins, it's not his guy. I don't think he'll be as lenient when it comes to Haskins. I think Rivera is a coach that wants to win and wants to win now. Uh, that's why he was brought to Washington. So with the, when the news came out that Alex Smith was cleared to play this year, uh, I expect that he will at some point, maybe not in the first couple weeks, but I think he will take over uh, there in Washington. And I think this is, I'm not giving up on Haskins, but I just think it would be better for him and Washington as a whole to have him play behind Alex Smith for a year. And I think Alex Smith, I'm, I know it's a risk with he hasn't played for two years, but I'm just going to bank on his long career of being a consistent quarterback, very accurate passer, that he's going to look McLaurin's way as the clear number one in Washington and give him a lot of opportunities. He did have a good stat line last year of 919 yards and seven touchdowns. So I think those numbers could go up. I don't think he's getting enough attention. I like that. I like that. I like Scary Terry. I like him. I think if we were to do some even deeper on our receivers, Scary Terry would have been in that short list of the next receivers. He wasn't. He didn't quite make our best of the rest. Yeah. If he made anyone's, it would have been yours. But I think he was definitely in that next five. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think he made my wide receiver like twenty-three or so. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he does have the best chance out of those wide receivers to creep into that top fifteen for this year. For sure. Um. Now moving on to bust, I'll have Kevin start off again. Who is your biggest bust for the 2020 season? So for my bust pick, I don't want to talk too much about it because mine, uh, my both potential busts are tight ends. So I don't want to give up as to why they're bust picks because I'll talk about that later on. But my two potential bust picks, my hot take is Mark Andrews. And then my safer bust pick that I could talk about later on is Hunter Henry. Okay. Well, we'll hear about that later, I guess. Yeah. Um, so for my bust... It would have been an easy pick to pick Juju. I already showed uh, my displeasure with Juju in the earlier podcast. <laughs> but I'm going to go with an, a controversial pick here. And I love this player in Dynasty. But for the 2020 season, I think his draft capital is too high. I am going to say A.J. Brown is going to finish outside of the top 15 this year. And possibly even top 20. Uh, just a lot of things that go against Brown this year. Uh that offense still runs through Derrick Henry. You know he's going to carry the ball over 300 times. And Tennessee had the second fewest passing plays because of it in 2019, only behind Baltimore. Uh, Tannehill is most definitely not going to be as efficient as he was last year. He has a career completion percentage of 63.5, and that's including last year when he was throwing at a 70.3% completion percentage. That's going to regress back to the mean. And... Uh, and lastly, on A.J. Brown, he has to be uber-efficient again to reach those numbers he had last year. Only 52 receptions last year on 84 targets. That doesn't scream top-tier receiver to me. 20.2 20. yards per reception is high for any receiver. I don't care if you're Julio, Calvin Johnson, or Jerry Rice. And then his touchdown total of eight with those low of receptions. He was scoring a touchdown on 
every seventh reception. So I think the targets and receptions go up, but not enough for him to uh, reach that draft capital that he's at. I can respect that. As even as an AJ Brown owner in one of my dynasty leagues, I we had a keep trade cut segment. Uh, I want to say it was two weeks ago where we talked about AJ Brown, mm-hmm. and I'm definitely trying to trade AJ Brown. I think he's at his peak value right now, and I, I mean not to say he won't be a valuable receiver over the next couple of years, um, but I think you can really ship him for some good value. So boys, we had two two uh, outstanding Titans last year that had probably some of the best seasons of their career. I mean, A.J. Brown's only a rookie, but he had outstanding numbers. So, out of those two Titans, who do we expect to finish worse than last year? Who's going to regress more from their last year's finish? Henry or Brown? Henry or A.J. Brown. So, what was Henry? Henry, Henry was running back second. Two? In standard. Over 300 in carries, standard. yep. Um, and A.J. Brown finished, what, wide receiver? 15. 15. Who's going to be worse? Um, I think Henry. I think Henry's going to be bottom top 10. I think Henry, like, I think he might, I don't know. I I honestly don't know if he's going to regress. He might regress more spots than A.J. Brown, I feel like. Like, maybe he'll regress from, like, 2 to to 7 or 8. But I can't really see him finishing outside the top 10, where I think A.J. Brown, if he falls off a little bit, I could easily see him going from 15 to maybe 30-plus. Yeah, I agree with that. I think A.J. Brown definitely has a wider range of uh, results at the end of the season. I think, since I just picked him as my bus, I think he will regress more than Henry because Henry just has the, the, the volume there, guaranteed. Henry definitely finishes inside the, the top 10 for probably for half-point PPR and probably inside like the top 7 in standard. But to continue here, we are going to get into our tight end rankings. We're going to... Go over our top 10 tight ends here. Made a consensus list here. Um, And at number one, we had George Kittle. I had him at number two, while Tom and Kevin had him at number one. I'll discuss why I had him at number two here. Uh, There's nothing against Kittle. I love Kittle. It's just, he is not Kelsey. (laughs) And... I just think um, with Kittle being in the, the offense that he's in in San Francisco, which is run first, they uh, were you know bottom five in the league in passing plays. I know he gets a bunch of targets and, uh, and red zone targets, but when you look at target shares on teams, Kelsey still has him beat by 3% in the target shares and has more red zone targets as well. Kansas City is just, I think more of a high-powered offense to give Kelsey more opportunities to score. And uh, with Kelsey getting that extension on his contract and he's staying there with Mahomes in Kansas City for at least the next four years, that's the only reason I have Kittle at two rather than one. I know he's four years younger than Kelsey, but I think Kelsey's production for the next four years will make up for that. Okay, I think actually the last like five seconds of your argument there was why I put Kittle over Kelsey at number one. I think we're looking at two of the only tight ends in the league that can still truly stretch the field and truly play that wide receiver role on your fantasy team. I think Kittle, though, coming in at four years younger, has four more years in his prime. They're both in great offenses. Obviously, like you said, the 49ers don't pass nearly as much as Kansas City. But even so, Kittle was still able to eclipse his 1,000 yards last season, 
and get his five touchdowns. So really, there's no arguing between the one and two. I don't think you can go wrong. But I just like Kittle here with four more years of a potential prime. I think they're both going to be peak tight ends um, in their careers. So I'm just going to take Kittle for the age here. Yeah, um, obviously you can't go wrong with Kittle or Kelsey as your number one wide another one number one tight end. But the only reason I chose Kittle over Kelsey is age. Uh, just like Tom was saying, Kelsey turns 31 this year while Kittle turns 27. Kittle did just sign a five-year extension in San Francisco, and he's starting to build some solid chemistry with Jimmy G. Um, not, much, not much else to say, uh, but one note I did want to talk about for Kittle. Debo Samuel is obviously hurt. Jalen Hurd, I believe, just towards ACL today, and the departure of Emmanuel Sanders. So that's a bunch of targets that are, um, that are absent, and I could see Kittle getting a lot of, those, uh, a lot of the target share. Um, not much else to say as for stats because Kelsey and Kittle are just so similar in stats. So it wouldn't really help my argument as to why I have Kittle at number one. Well, one more thing I'll say about Kittle that kind of uh, was worrisome for me. His targets did decrease from 136 to 107. And uh, that does uh, concern me because that was with Jimmy G as the full-time starter. And he's going to be his full-time starter for at least the next three years. So I just wanted to point that out. Albeit he did only play 14 games. But that is a good point. Kelsey is also the definition of consistent. Since he's taken the role in 2014 as starter, he's played 16 games every season, which is awesome to see. Okay, moving on. Uh, I mean, I got I, we kind of talked about both of these players at the same time. We did have Kelsey at number two, obviously. Uh, did anyone else have anything extra to say about Kelsey? No, I think we pretty much had it. I think that's literally just like the unanimous fantasy yeah. tier one tight end. Yeah, I agree. Okay, so at number three, we had uh, Baltimore Ravens tight end, Mark Andrews. We all had him at number three. Tom, what do you like about Mark Andrews? I like a lot about Mark Andrews. A lot of people are going to complain about his touchdown regression, and he did have a lot of touchdowns last year. He actually had the highest touchdowns per route run, per route run last season among tight ends, right around 3%. And I actually looked back, it's a pretty small sample size, but dating back to 2017 season, no tight end that's gotten eight or more touchdowns has repeated that number next season. So it's only three seasons to work with, but I'm not really expecting Mark Andrews to get 10 touchdowns again. It'd be kind of crazy. Um, but his season, honestly, outside of the touchdowns was solid. He was a top 10 tight end in receptions and finished top five tight end in receiving yards. However, in terms of the top five scoring tight ends, he did have the lowest receiving and receptions in that group. But one thing that I think people don't think about enough, they always talk about his touchdown regression, uh, negative regression. I think that he's really going to see some positive uh, use regression. I think he's going to see some positive targets because Andrews and the way he's involved in that offense was really weird. So while Kelsey, Ertz, Waller, Kittle, the other big-name tight ends, all pulled over 800 snaps on offense. And for Kelsey, Ertz, and Waller, it was over 900. Andrews only had 467 snaps for 41.5% of the offensive snap share. For football outsiders. So Hayden Hurst, who played one more snap than Andrews, so they had almost identical, is gone to Atlanta, so he could see potentially double that opportunity. The Ravens won a lot of those two tight end sets, so in situations where they had Boyle, who's the best blocker on the team, he would now share the field with either Andrews or, or where he would have shared the field with either Andrews or Hurst. It's just going to Andrews now. He's on a great offense. I think he's really going to take that leap. That's why I have Mark Andrews at my tight end three. Um, yeah, so I have Mark Andrews at my tight end three as well. Uh, the reason I love Andrews at three is that he proved last season he could be very uh, efficient with Lamar Jackson. In his rookie season in 2018 with Flacco, he finished tight end 17, while in 2019 he finished as tight end number four. 
Andrews is one of the youngest players on my list at 24 years old, and his future is super bright with Lamar Jackson at quarterback. For a team, for a team that passed the ball the least amount of times, averaging only 29 pass, pass plays per game, Andrews showed his efficiency. He was a number seven tight end in receptions and a number five tight end in targets and number one tight end in touchdowns. I know Tom already talked about touchdowns, so I won't uh, repeat on that. Um, so speaking more on his efficiency, his uh, snap share percentage was around 41.5%, um, putting him around number 67 in the NFL. So although that is impressive, it does worry me because I don't think he could repeat as a tight end number four or higher this season unless his snap share increases. Um, and also I believe that people are going to start to figure out the Ravens offense. But Tom did talk about Hayden Hurst, which I did not really think about, about the departure of Hayden Hurst. Um, so that is true. I can see his snap share, snap share percentage increasing. Um, he's just more of my hot take bust for 2020, and it's just basically the snap share uh, percentage I'm worried about. Yeah, I think Mark Andrews is in a similar situation to Kittle as far as the team, the offense he's on. Um, he's basically the top target on a run-heavy offense. Um, the only one really competing for targets with him is uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown, but he is by no means a target hog. So I expect, with the departure of Hayden Hurst, I think Andrew's uh, targets go up from a respectable 98 last year for a tight end, which is really good, uh, to uh, the triple digits, obviously. And um, I just think with him being in that high-powered offense in Baltimore, he's going to have plenty of opportunities to keep that touchdown number up. So I like Mark Andrews at three. Moving on to number four, we all had Zach Ertz at number four. Um, Kevin? Sure, I'll take the stage in this one. Um, you really can't go wrong with having Ertz inside your top five tight ends. The Eagles are just a pass-heavy offense, and Ertz is the most targeted tight end since 2018. His, uh, his floor is super high, but I don't see his ceiling being as high as other tight ends. Two things that worry me about Zach Ertz and makes me hesitant to put him at tight end four rather than tight end five is his age. Uh, he's going to be uh, 30 years old in this fall. Another thing that worries me is the emergence of Dallas Goddard. The Eagles are known to be are known for utilizing two tight end formations, and this has created more opportunities for Goddard, which affects Ertz production. In 2018, Goddard averaged 2.6 targets per game, but then in 2019, his volume significantly increased to 5.4 targets per game. Both tight ends were both tight ends were able to finish within the top 10. Um, so bottom line, I see Ertz as a very safe pick, probably the safest pick on the list. Uh, he will still finish inside the top 10 for tight ends, but I'm not really sure uh, how many more. I'm not really sure for how many more seasons if Goddard remains in Philadelphia. One word comes to mind when I when I think of Zach Ertz, and that's reliable. Mm -hmm. He's never played less than 14 games in a season in a season in his career uh, when he started in I believe 2013, and he's been above 800 receiving yards every year since his rookie year. Um, he's just that steady, reliable target for Wentz. Uh, Every year that Wentz has been there, he's either been first or second on the team in targets, finishing first in the last two seasons. Uh, probably has to do with that depleted receiving group out there in Philadelphia, and there's going to be more of the same of that this year, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Uh, so you can't ignore his 25% uh, target share in the last two seasons, and uh, I think Ertz is going to see uh, a ton of targets again and, and have a good touchdown total. Uh, for the for at least the next couple years, for him to be worth 
this top four pick at tight end. Definitely. Yeah, I had Ertz closing out my second tier of tight ends here, um, just sharing the tier with Waller. I'm not going to harp too much more because really uh, we're, we're picking Ertz for his floor. Like B said, the last time Ertz got less than 100 targets, we couldn't drive. <laughs> so it's pretty crazy. Um, I was looking a little bit at his red zone. I love my tight ends. I can get their targets in the red zone. In 2019, he was the third most targeted tight end in the red zone. 2018, he was first. and 2017, he was fourth. So three straight years of that top five red zone opportunity is an awesome sign. I am a little worried about Dallas Goddard in the sense of their relative value. I think that Ertz is, I mean, he's not a tight end that I would really reach on. I think that Goddard, if I'm picking a tight end in this offense, and we'll obviously talk more about that later, I think I'm shifting away from Ertz and going towards Goddard. But, I mean, Ertz, safest floor in the tight end group, closing my tier two. I agree. Good stuff. Moving on, we have Darren Waller at number five. Me and Tom both had him at number five, and Kevin had him a little lower at number six. So, why do you have him at six, Kev? Um, it's because I had Evan Ingram over here, over him, and which I could talk about that later. Uh, I had Waller at six. Um, before week one last year, I had no idea who Darren Waller was. I don't think anybody did. Um, before his hot season in 2019, Darren Waller had less than 200 receiving, 200 career receiving yards. Now, I do think that Waller found his place in Las Vegas as he signed a three-year extension in October. He went from six targets in 2018 to 117 in 2019, which puts him at number three uh, in the league amongst tight ends in 2019. His stat line across the board was pretty impressive, but for every, for every player, there are pros and there's cons. My issue with Waller is his target outlook for 2020. The Raiders are in a rebuilding phase, and they just added the speedy weapon of Henry Ruggs and Lynn Bowden Jr., and then there's one other uh, rookie they signed as well. I know you had him on your list. What was his name? Who? The other rookie wide receiver they signed for the Raiders. Uh, they had Ruggs, Lynn Bowden, Lynn oh, Bowden Jr., and then... Um, um, is it like Braylon? Oh, I can't finish. Edwards? Uh, no, I know uh, Brian, Brian Edwards. Edwards. Yes, Brian Edwards. Edwards. Yeah. Ruggs, so they Edwards. signed quite a few uh, offensive weapons to help them in 2020. Um... Also last year, the Raiders had their number one wide receiver, Tyrell Williams, hurt uh, for a large, large chunk of the season. Um, so if Williams could stay healthy and, and if Ruggs and Bowden could succeed in their rookie season, I do see Waller's target share dropping a bit, maybe around like 95 to 105. Uh, another concern is his touchdowns. Waller saw only three last year. So hopefully he could double that coming into 2020. But really, I don't really hate anything about Waller. I just like Ingram more, uh, more than him. I respect that. I actually have the two sharing uh, tier three as well i did have waller one spot higher just like you waller is actually a it's a it's a feel-good story about darren waller um in his first three seasons like you mentioned he had such low use primarily because he was dealing with external problems with drugs and mental issues um in his first three seasons he actually only started four games and only accumulated 29 targets fast forward to 2019 like you said he throws up this monster stat line like I said, he missed 2017 because of that failed drug test. Gets on the Ravens practice or is on the Ravens practice squad in 2018, and ends up playing three games that season. He puts up 75 yards on those six receptions during those three weeks to give us a little bit of a glimpse of what what he can do. And mind you, this is with Jared Cook putting up similar numbers to what he was doing in 2019. With Jared Cook heading to New Orleans, he had an opportunity to shine, and he did exactly that. Saw a huge boost in usage, ended up finishing the season ranked second in receptions and yards per game among tight ends. 
Like you said, they did add some offensive weapons in Ruggs and Edwards, but the guy that I'm a little more worried about is their backup tight end, Foster Moreau. Complete no-name to most of the fantasy community, um, but he didn't get too much action outside of that red zone, but it still does worry me. He caught five touchdowns on seven of his red zone targets, so I think that John Gruden might shift a little bit of that red zone attention over to the backup, which worries me a little bit. Waller still had 11 to Moreau's seven, which was right in the middle of the pack for tight ends, but that's just one thing I'm a little concerned about. But Darren Waller, I think, is going to have another season just like last coming into my tight end five. So you're not worried about Jason Witten in 2020? No, I'm, I haven't been worried about Jason Witten for since 2016. Three years. Yeah, I'll just say one thing on Waller, and that's his quarterback. I feel like he doesn't get enough respect. Derek Carr is not the most flashy quarterback, but he gets the job done. Uh, he's one of the more accurate passers in the league, which I love for uh, a tight end getting this many targets. Uh, he's going to catch a lot of them. He, I think he was about at a 67% catch rate in 2019. But, uh, like I said, with the uh, high volume of passing, Derek Carr has been throwing for over 4,000 yards in the last two seasons and finished second and fifth in completion percentage the last two years. So I think those are both positives for, for Waller. That's why I have him at five. Moving on to our sixth tight end, we got New York Giants tight end Evan Ingram. Me and Tom had him at number six. And Kevin, Kevin had him at five. Tom, did you want to speak first on Evan Ingram here? Yeah, I'll talk a little about Evan Ingram. Um, I mean, no arguing. He was just he is one of the most talented young tight ends in the game. He just has huge issues with injuries. In the only season where he played almost a full season, he eclipsed 100 targets, six touchdowns, 722 yards, good-looking stat lines. Um, but in his three seasons, which albeit have been cut pretty short, He's still averaging 4.1, 4.3, and 5.5 receptions per game in that short career. If you extrapolate even four receptions per game for 16 games, that puts him at 16 touches, which would have finished tight end seven in the last couple of years. So even if he can maintain his floor in receptions just over a season, I think he's going to have a pretty low floor right around that 7 to 10 range. Daniel Jones should also be able to feed him the ball a little bit more and potentially work off those receptions per game he had last year. He only started six and played. He only started six last year and played in eight, but he was on really great pace for 16 games if he stays healthy. So I really love the talent in Engram. I like the outlook with Daniel Jones. I think he can really get it done. He just got to stay healthy. Yeah, Engram is just a very frustrating player to watch and to rank on these uh, in our rankings here because when he's healthy and on the field, he, he's always produced. Um, it's just his health that's concerning. Obviously, like we like we said before. Had that solid rookie year, finishing fifth uh, in tight ends that year. But then, obviously, the next two seasons were shortened due to injury. Last year, through eight games, he was on pace for nearly 1,000 yards on 136 targets. Those are monster numbers for, for a tight end. So as long as he could stay on the field, then he's for sure a top-tier tight end for me. So that's why I had to put him up here at number six. Um, yeah, I had him the highest at tight end number five. Uh, not much more to comment on because you guys kind of hit everything I wanted to talk about. I just like Ingram's super high ceiling. Um, I believe we haven't seen his peak performance yet. It's just the main concern is just staying on the field and, and staying healthy. Um, I don't think the Giants have many valuable targets going into 2020. They have Barkley, obviously, and then their best weapon after that might be what? Darius Slayton or Golden Tate. So Ingram will continue to see his average seven targets per game. Um, 
Also, his quarterback situation was a bit shaky last year, which kind of affected his uh, fantasy value because um, they had Eli Manning in week one, and then from there on they had Daniel Jones, who struggled to start off the season. Um, overall, I do like Ingram. I think he's going to be a stud this year. I just believe we haven't seen his peak yet. It's just he has to stay on the field and stay healthy for majority of the season. Yeah, he's got to stay healthy. Mm-hmm. Moving on to our number seven tight end on our list, we have... Los Angeles Chargers tight end Hunter Henry. I had him at seven. Tom had him at nine. Kevin had him at the lowest at ten. Um, Henry is just another guy. Uh, when you hear his name, you think of injuries. Um, but like Ingram, he does put up good numbers when he is in there. In twelve games last year, he did sneak into the top ten for tight ends, finishing at tight end nine. His sixteen game pace would have put him right around tight end six, which. I'll definitely take here. Um, his, his single game averages aren't on the level of Ingram. That's why I have him one spot lower. Um, but with a solid uh, season he had last year, and so it allowed me to gain some confidence back in, in Henry. And then with the Chargers giving him just a one-year contract, he has to prove it that he can stay healthy and, and produce. Um, so I think he's really going to be motivated to have a great year this year. Um, but even if not, I don't love the situation he, he's in in L.A. with Tyrod there. Tyrod's not a, a high-volume passer, but he does take care of the ball. I think he will rely on, on Henry a lot as that safety blanket over the middle. But you know Keenan Allen and Austin Eckler are going to eat up nearly 50% of the targets there in L.A. Um, I'm going to bet on... Henry here uh, to have a good 2020, a prove-it season for either the Chargers to pick him up on a long-term contract or someone else to uh, a more ideal situation. Yeah, I had Henry coming in at number nine, so just sneaking in my top ten. Um, a couple spots behind Engram, which I think is a pretty similar player to Henry. Um, like you said, super talented athletically, just cannot stay healthy. It just really turned me off, though, for Henry, given the volume of games that he misses. In his four-year career, he's missed 28 games. So that's seven a year. That's literally half of your fantasy season, which is unfortunately undoable inside the top 10 tight ends. Um, But given his talent and everything like that, and the fact that he was able to come back after not playing for six weeks last year um, with a knee injury and still performs a top 10 tight end, I'm going to give him a little bit of that benefit of the doubt. I am a little concerned with how many targets he can pull in with Keenan, Mike Williams, and Eckler. It's going to be a little bit difficult for him to get up towards that 15 to 20%. Last season, he saw around 13% of the targets. But once again, like B said, that Chargers offense was kind of a mess. So Tyrod stepping in, I mean, it's hard to say if Tyrod will be volumes better than old man Phil, but it should be a step in the right direction. But he still does have a fairly high floor. Like I said, he missed six games and finished his tight end seven in touchdowns and tight end seven in red zone touches last year. He's also seen some increases in some important numbers, like receptions and yards per game over his career. So he's getting there, and I think if he is able to stay healthy for more than half the season, hoping to get a full 16 out of him, he definitely has that ceiling in the top three tight ends. So he sneaks in in my top ten at number nine. Um, I didn't think I would have Henry land in my top ten uh, tight end list, but he unfortunately did. Um, just the biggest concern is just health. Um, he's never, uh, it's hard to trust a tight end that's never played a full season and has missed 20 games in the past two seasons. 
Um, Henry kind of has a rough outlook going into 2020, but hopefully a brighter future in 2021 and beyond. In 2020, he's going to have either Tyrod Taylor throwing the ball or rookie Justin Herbert. So I just don't see Henry eclipsing 800 yards this season, even if he is able to stay on the field for the whole length of the season. Question for you, Kev. Yeah. Uh, so Henry and Ingram are kind of in that same category with the, the injuries. Mm-hmm. Why do you have more confidence in Ingram to stay healthy rather than Henry? Because we've seen, because he's been healthy recently, and we've seen like how many points he's been able to put up. Like in 2019, the first couple of games, uh, he was just a straight up beast. Henry, we haven't really seen what he can do because he's just hurt constantly. Um, and also, I like the quarterback play. I like Daniel Jones more than I like Tyrod Taylor, and more than I like rookie Justin Herbert throwing the ball. Okay, Daniel Jones still has to do a little bit more for me to have any confidence in him, but I respect that answer. Um, Moving on to number eight in our rankings, we have Austin Hooper. We were a little different on our rankings here. Uh, Tom had him the highest at seven. Kevin had him at nine, and then I had him just outside my top ten at 11. So, Tom, what do you love about Hooper? I like a lot about Austin Hooper. (laughs) Um, You know, unfortunately, the general manager for my team didn't think he was worth investing in. He he likes people like uh, Jimmy Graham instead. Anyway, uh, Austin Hooper obviously last year had his breakout year. He had his career high in targets, receptions, yards, and touchdowns, even though he played with some nagging injuries in only 13 games. A lot of people are kind of concerned with the battle at receiver between Landry and Beckham, and not to mention David Njoku, but I'm not too concerned in Atlanta, he already had to battle Ridley and Julio, so I think he's definitely used to seeing those battles at the receiving core. But it's also worth noting that Hooper was this efficient last year with only a 14.5% target share. So it's not like Atlanta ran through Austin Hooper. Austin Hooper just made his opportunity with what he what he had in Atlanta. He was also a target shy of the league best in red zone targets. So he got his when it was important in a tough situation. But it's kind of unknown how things are going to look this year in Cleveland. Hooper's coming from a really pass-heavy offense where he was able to see 80% or so of the tight end shares. Obviously, he was the staple tight end one. He's coming in with a tight end group with David Njoku, who should be the tight end two, but is by no means terrible. Um, but they do have Kevin Stefanski coming in, who ran two tight end sets 53% of the time, which was by far the most in the league. I think Njoku is a better blocker, is going to see a little bit less of that receiving work, and give Hooper a good chance. So I'm really expecting Hooper to come in as tight end one. He was drafted, I'm sorry, uh, David Njoku was drafted to be the future, but I think after that wrist injury and them taking or and them picking up Austin Hooper and giving him a huge contract, Hooper's coming in, he's going to make his way and repeat something like last year, my tight end seven. Um, yeah, I have Hooper at tight end nine. Tom already basically talked about it, how the Falcons were a team that led the league in passing attempts with 46, and then Hooper's going to Cleveland to um, a team where they average 36 uh, pass plays per game. But it is hard to determine Hooper's future at the Browns because they're still in a rebuilding phase and just hired a new head coach. So we're kind of unsure on how that offense is going to be looking going into 2020. So that 36 pass attempts per game could be totally different. It could be less, it could be more. Um, we're just not really sure. Um, but I am going to remain a little optimistic with Hooper. So this is kind of a, a little sample I pulled out. In 2018, when Njoku was healthy and played 15 games, he was able to end the season as tight end number 9 and was the 7th most targeted tight end. So in 2018, 
Uh, so 2018 does support the idea that Baker does like tight ends and won't completely ignore them in his offense. Um, so overall, I do like Hooper at 9. I think it's a fair and a safe ranking going into 2020. I don't have much on Hooper. Uh, the only reason I didn't have him in my top 10 is just because he's going from the most pass-heavy team to a team that I expect to be probably in the bottom half of pass plays in 2020. Um, and that's just uh, concerning to me. So I don't trust the volume that he's going to get because there's a lot of mouths to feed in Cleveland with you know OBJ, Landry, and Kareem Hunt. So I just think he's going to be competing with uh, a lot of his teammates for, for targets there. Moving on to our number nine tight end. Pretty ugly pick here. It is the Detroit Lions tight end, TJ Hawkinson. I had him at 10. Tom had him at 14. Kevin had him all the way up at 7. What's up, Kev? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I don't like <laughs> Hawkinson that much either. Um, I don't really have too much to comment on Hawkinson. He was a player I did probably the least amount of notes on. Um, I like Hawkinson because he's the youngest player on our list at 23, and he has a great quarterback throwing the ball. Um, he finished as tight end 31, but missed four games. So if he was able to play a full-length season, he would have finished around tight end 20. Uh, but keep in mind, four of those games uh, was where was with without Stafford to where he averaged only four points per game. Um, I think he has a high potential in 2020 and can produce like a low tight end one can produce low tight end one numbers. But the main question is as long as Stafford can stay on the field because we don't know what Stafford's um, future is looking like as for injuries or if a retirement's going to be coming up soon. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about Hawkinson. Hawkinson's career got off to a hot start in 2019 mm -hmm. with that week one performance of uh, 131 yards, nine receptions, and a touchdown. And then he went to gain only 236 yards on 23 receptions for the next 11 games. And Tom was out on $25 of fab money. <laughs> yeah, that was my, uh, after I, I dropped that 25 bucks, considered it the best investment of my fantasy lifetime. And uh, yeah, I never, I don't talk about TJ Hawkinson anymore. He's dead to me. Yeah, so I'm not too impressed with Hawkinson, but the Lions did pick him eighth overall, so obviously they see something in him. I think they're going to use him more, utilize him more. Um, so maybe he'll have a better uh, year than tight end 31. Mm -hmm. So, Tom, do you actually have a player on your shit list now? Oh, oh TJ Hawkinson is definitely up there on the shit list. Um, <laughs> I mean, to give, him, to give him the benefit of the doubt... He was a rookie tight end, just coming off one game performance. Maybe I maybe I jumped a little bit, but <laughs> hey, man, all the networks were saying that this was going to be the freaking pickup of my lifetime, and I got burned. So now I don't listen to them. Probably I, Matthew Barry saying that. I, yeah, I actually wanted Hawkinson too, but since you outbid me, yeah, there was there was Darren Waller sitting there for free. So I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> all right, finishing up our top ten tight ends, we have Tyler Higby. Rams tight end, Kevin's fist pumping over here, because Kevin had him, is the only one that had him in the top 10, he had him at number 8, me and Tom both had him at 12, so why do you like Higby so much, Kev? Alright, so I love Tyler Higby, especially for his price going into 2020, Higby was on my fantasy team last year, so I might be a bit biased for hyping him up, so last year, uh, Higby finished as tight end 8, but he didn't show his full potential until the tail end of the season once Gerald Everett injured his knee. 
Higby had four straight games of at least nine catches and 100 yards in December. From weeks 12 to 17, um, when he took over as the lead tight end, he averaged 15 fantasy points uh, per game and half PPR, which would have put him at tight end number one. Obviously, that's a small sample size. I don't expect him to average 15 points per game the entire season, but at least shows that he has the capability to produce at a, at a top tight end level. Um, however, there is a huge negative about Higby, and that's Gerald Everett. Higby saw 66.6% of the snap share with only 15% of the target share in 2019. This is mainly due to the fact that the Rams like using Higby and Everett selectively. So, I'm going to be optimistic with Higby, um, and I hope that the Rams are able to use him the way they did in, in the last stretch of the season. Um, but if the Rams continue to use that uh, two tight end formation to where Everett and Higby are both on the field, I like Higby probably more around my tight end 12. Um, but yeah, that's all I got to say about my man, Tyler Higby. I actually didn't do too much uh, too much background on Tyler Higby, so I'm not going to say too much, but not not too much to hate about that offense. I think Kevin kind of hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, oh, yeah. I don't mind Higby, but I just think with Woods and Cup there, they're going to get a, a bunch of uh, targets there, but I don't mind it. I had him at 12. I think he's a fine pick. Um, so that wraps up our tight end rankings. Just for reference, we uh, had Mike Kosicki at 11, Dale Scotter at 12, and Noah Fant at 13. But we're not going to go into that. Uh, to finish up this episode, we're going to get into a mock draft. And I will welcome on our two special guest hosts, or special guests, Nick Holbrook and Kyle J. Yay. Hi, I'm back. Well, welcome back. Holds us back from his maternity how you, leave. How you doing, yeah. Kyle? <laughs> Hello, I'm Kyle. Uh, I run our redraft league that Tom, for some reason, has a multitude of problems with. Can't wait to see how, how poorly this dynasty league is run in years yeah. to come. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a mock draft on the sleeper app between the five of us. And then there will be five computers claiming the spots that we haven't. We picked our draft order earlier today, so that's where we're going to be drafting from. I got the number one pick, of course. I'm going to have my stud, young, running back for the next decade, Christian McCaffrey. After McCaffrey, Saquon went off the board, then Delvin at third, and then Michael Thomas fourth. So that puts Kyle on the clock. Uh... I got Ezekiel Elliott handed to me here. I don't really expect him to make it to me in our live draft, but uh, for accuracy's sake, I am going to be going with Zeke. I think he's the clear-cut one off the board here. Solid. After Zeke, Kamara went off the board, and that puts Tom on the clock. Uh, so coming into the seven, I think a situation that I'm going to be with a lot is Mixon or Chubb. Um, I do not want to be taking a receiver here. I don't think that Hopkins is worth the pick. I'm not ready to reach on Adams or Ty Hill or Godwin yet. I think I need to pick up a running back. Um, I like Mixon over Chubb. I'm a little worried about what Chubb does with Hunt. I'm taking Joe Mixon. Yeah. After Joe Mixon, DeAndre Hopkins went off the board, and that puts Kevin on the clock. So here, um, I don't want to reach yet on Chubb. And Adams is my wide receiver, too, for my ranking. So I am going to take 
Devontae Adams here, as soon as I can hit draft. There we go. Um, okay, so in the 10 spot, you have that extra wraparound, which is kind of nice, but a lot of studs went off the board already. So I think I'm going to stick with a core running back. I think what's left right now is Nick Chubb. So I'm taking Nick Chubb. And I thought about doing the quarterback bend around just to get out of the way and have, have points there. But uh, I think I'm going to go with... What's stopping you, dude? Rip, it, rip it for the boys, dude. there's so many other options. I think I'm going to go with the receiver here. I don't think I'm going to get it. It's, I'm stuck between two right now. Let's go with... I think I'm going with Tyreek Hill. Ty Hill off the board. Safe options. So, this is a tough situation here. Um, I really don't want to get a wide receiver again. Um, I have Chris Godwin, Juju, and DJ Moore. I'm liking a lot. Um, Joe Mixon's already off the board. Next up on my list, I have Josh Jacobs. Um... And I'm not reaching on Clyde Edwards-Hilaire or Miles Sanders. I think I'm going to take Josh Jacobs here. That's a good pick. Yeah, it was a really good pick. Solid. I was hoping that Jacobs would fall to me. Um, off the board as well. Godwin comes off after Jacobs, and I am in a pickle. <laughs> um, hate the receiver value here. Sleeper has Juju next up. <laughs> Yikes. Not even close. Bro, um, grab him now. Um, I really don't think it's going to be a receiver. Sanders is up here. Time's going to reach on Clyde. With that week-to-week injury, um, Hilaire, good opportunity. But like I said in our first episode, you are an absolute fool if you do not take my boy, Derrick Henry, Henry over Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Yes, Derrick Henry in his 18 receptions. Yeah. Yuck. <laughs> DJ Moore goes off the board after Derrick Henry. All right, well, I think this year, more than recent years, uh, running backs, they seem to be getting more scarce. No team wants them anymore. you got to get the good ones while they're there. Uh, being that this is a dynasty league, I'm going to take the young man who's the talk of the town. No one knows where he's going, but he's coming to the, the Kyle J's dynasty. We're taking CEH. Okay. I like it. You did Decent that value. just because I was the next one. That's not a bot. Mike okay. Evans comes off after Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, along with George Kittle, A.J. Brown, not a beat. All right. Brown already off the board. So, Good. Got my, got my stud running back. I'm set there for a little bit. I don't know. Miles Sanders did drop did. all the way down here to 210. Hmm. Two picks here. Uh, I didn't mention uh, at the beginning, we are doing the three wide receiver format with two flex as well. So wide receiver is probably going to get a little bump up in the uh, priorities here. I am going to take a wide receiver with my first pick, and I'm going to take my boy, Amari Cooper. Cooper. Thank you. I will just say, I did script the draft. I still had defenses in this thing. So we just won't draft a defense, but the computers yeah. might, so it does screw a little bit. 
okay. up, but that's fine. Okay, with my next pick, hmm, between a couple guys here, I'm looking at running backs here because I don't want to wait another like 20 picks before my next running back. True. I don't like it with this injury, but I think Tom did convince me a little bit about Miles Sanders and Philly getting more volume there. I think I'm going to grab Miles Sanders here. I think even with this week-to-week -week injury, that's a pretty good value. Yeah, I think Sanders at 301 you have to take. Mm -hmm. Yeah. After Sanders, Juju goes off the board, thank God, then Jonathan Taylor, and then OBJ puts Kyle back on the board, or on the clock. Uh, I'm very comfortable right now. We've got Zeke Elliott and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I think we got more than enough going right now in the running back spot. And top name on the board right now is Kenny Galladay. More than comfortable taking him midway through the third round. Yeah. Uh, next best receivers I'm seeing... There's there's some talent there, but with the age and going into his, uh, he's been in the league for a couple of years. I don't know exactly how many, but I, I really like Galladay this year, so I have no problem taking him here. It's really good. Value I like there. that pick. That's I, I was actually tinkering between Galladay and Cooper at the the turn that last turn for Portland me. Portland Sutton goes off the board after Kenny Galladay. Tom's. I think it's a little early for Sutton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. a little yeah. early for Sutton there and at three six. I know. I know. So I'm coming into this pick with Mixon and Henry, so I love my running backs right now. Um, and I have a few options. Hmm. So I still love my options at receiver. My only question is, do I want one or do I want two? Um, so I think that my running backs that are left, I have Dobbins, Aaron Jones, and Eckler. I actually think I'm going to go with Austin Eckler here. Let's get my third okay. running back. Wide receiver zero, baby. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. DK Metcalf goes off the board. Okay. Kelvin All right, so we got Austin Eckler off the board. Hmm. I'm kind of split between what I want to do here. Let's look here. Um... I'm not going to reach on a tight end, and I'm not going to take a quarterback just yet. I think here, next up on my list, and I think he has good value. Bees going like this pick. I'm going to take Allen Robinson. Damn it. Mm -hmm. I knew as soon as you said So I got myself Devontae Adams and Allen Robinson. Great. That was rivals, dude. Those two were going to be my next two picks. So let's figure out what we're going to do here. It's like holes is in a pit. You're going to take Devontae Adams there? The, the Patriots fan had to come to Alan a real Robinson. division to find some receiver Alan talent. Robinson and Austin Eckler are gone. Oh, I gotcha. So, I mean, Julio is still there, but again, the dynasty factor comes in with the age. I think... Yeah, me and B say no. Oh, man. I have two running backs in mind right now between Aaron Jones... Kenyon Drake. I don't know if that's too early for Drake right now, though. Let's go with... Let's go with... I'm going to take Aaron Jones. Okay. And then... Do I do... My receiver? Can I stretch on Kelsey? <laughs> Lamar's sitting there. Um, 
He's there at the second turn. You wanted him at the first turn. Yeah, you wanted him two rounds ago, man. What's stopping you now? Because mm -hmm. it's kind of real now. Uh, <laughs> let's go with... I'm going to go with Cooper Cup. Okay. <sighs> Mickey on the clock. All right, all right. Uh, I might be the first one to take a quarterback here. I'm thinking Patrick Mahomes. Get him for 10 years. Don't have to worry about a quarterback. Probably ever again. I'm just not crazy about my running backs, but then a couple running backs that are coming up. I don't, back. Back. Yeah, I don't like Dobbins yet. I don't like Swift. Drake, maybe. And I don't want to reach on Fournette yet because it's possible he could come back around, maybe. Doubt it. So I'm going to take Patty Mahomes here. Okay. Okay. I respect that. Nice value oh, in the fourth round. Yeah, naturally the uh, bot... Snipes his fourth receiver in four rounds, uh, Calvin Ridley. So, um, Calvin Ridley was my consensus guy that I had ranked way higher than everyone else. Why don't you I take was, the number one wide receiver in Atlanta? Uh, <laughs> I'll take. Uh, no, no. I don't want old man Julio. Calvin's Jerry Rice. Calvin will be there. Jerry, Jerry Rice played too. He's like forty years old. Um, wow, that's exciting. So, hmm. I actually never thought that I would take Julio as my receiver one, but after Julio falls off the board here, it's kind of dry. It's looking a little ugly, so love my running backs. If I pass on a receiver here, I'm probably looking at, like, Robert Woods as my receiver one, which is familiar territory for me. Ew. Julio it is. Ew. Take it. I would take it. You gotta start three wide receivers. So then least. Julio comes off, Lamar is next, so it's two quarterbacks off the board. So the next up is Kyle J. You can never be mad at drafting Julio Jones. I don't care how old yeah. he is. Mm -hmm. He's elite. In the fourth round. In the fourth round. Hall of Famer. Um Tell myself every year when I draft that I'm gonna aim for depth. And uh every year I I, I stray away from God's light <laughs> and I mess it up. And we're going to do it again, just straight, just straight out of value here. Travis Kelsey in the middle of the fourth. I don't see that as a bad pick. No, I don't see it either. I think that's great I think that's value. the next I was best actually value. thinking about taking Kelsey. Yeah. But I, like I was it. like, if I take Kelsey, yeah, my so receivers then, are done. Yeah, you would be screwed. All right, so Kelsey's off, Swift, Dobbins, Andrews, and now B is up. So not really any of the guys I was looking for. Um Surprised he is still here at the end of the fourth. I think I'm going to get my third running back here with Kenyon Drake. Yeah, he wasn't I think, coming back to me. I think that was a no-brainer pick for me. Yeah. Pretty high on Kenyon Drake this year, and hopefully he stays there in Arizona. I like what they're doing there. I think i gotta go. got to go wide receiver here. Can't wait. 20 picks for another one. I need to get my second receiver. Hmm. This is tough. Yeah, I'll agree. It's they're, tough wide receiver pick. They're between, I think it's between DJ Chark, uh, maybe, maybe Tyler Lockett. Scary Terry, bro. Scary Terry, I did talk about they're him sleeper. earlier. You gotta take him then. I'm going with the youth, DJ Chark. Good pick. I think he's a, a nice 
Chark. I was hoping, I was kind of hoping Chark would follow me. CeeDee Lamb comes off the board, Keenan Allen, Leonard Fournette, Kyle's back Ah. on the clock. Alright, after that tight end pick, you can't get stuck in the mud too long, you gotta, you gotta get back at that receiver pick. Um, not seeing a whole lot of, a lot of attention grabbers on the board. I wonder why. (laughs) Taking the tight end. Um... I don't know. It's tough here. Terry Terry McLaurin sticks out. I feel like it's still too early to take him because he just he's still a question mark for me. So, so he's gone, dude. I'm seeing two good picks and one pick that I know Kyle's gonna take. That's just <laughs> yeah. tragically bad. I just can't wait till he does it. Uh, I think I'm gonna go with uh, Tyler Boyd here with with young Joe Burrow slinging it out to him. Can't really hate that okay. pick. Wait, he took. Oh, there, yeah, Boyd. Never mind. Yeah. Can't say I was gonna go for Boyd. Boyd. Kyle takes Diggs. Boyd. I would have taken Diggs, Diggs there. Diggs. That was me. Yeah. I was gonna laugh if he took Diggs. Yeah. I was. Not, I was gonna say Diggs that would have been gross. my, my laughing like moment. I was not thinking no. Boyd there. Um, Boyd was only three, three lower. Well, but Boyd's young. He's got a new I don't think Boyd is the worst option on the table. No, but uh, some good thing he, Kyle handed me. I a just like. One. Yeah, I just like his potential. And when I am looking at my receiver two right now, three pretty stud running backs. Julio with what should be potential receiver one for a couple years until he falls into the grave. I'm looking for a little bit of floor here, so I am taking Robert Woods. Yeah, saw that coming. Solid, Not a bad solid, pick at all. Solid Fifth round, Woods is gone. We got Cam Akers, Cam comes off the Akers. Board. wasn't really crazy about him anyway. So I'm up here. I 100% need a running back. Um, so here I'm stuck between Melvin Gordon, Todd Gurley, David Montgomery. I'm looking at holes. He's got two running backs, two wide receivers. It's kind of hard to determine what he's going to draft coming around the turn here. So I think I have to go youth here. Um, actually, no. I don't want to have two Chicago players, so I'm not going to take David Montgomery. I think... Almost made a little mistake there. Huh? Yeah. What's wrong with Chicago? I'm taking... I'm going to take Melvin Gordon. Okay. Not crazy about it. That was possibly going to be our next pick. I would have taken David Montgomery there if I did not have Allen Robinson. So, I don't think I can draft David Montgomery, man. I don't think so either. <laughs> I definitely can't take David Montgomery. I can't um, have two Bears players on my starting lineup. players here. Youth is available. Sorry, Kyle. So uh, Three top tight ends are out. Okay. Let's go with... Okay, so... But my cheat sheet did have Montgomery up next, so I, I should have taken him. Yeah. You have to follow <laughs> your fucking liar. <laughs> Look at my physical load. Alright, I think I'm gonna take Gurley or Lockett right here, maybe. Actually, you know what? Screw it. It's like Zach Ertz. And since I have a strong core starting already, I think I'm going to take Omar. He's still here. He's not coming back around to me, I don't think. I'm going to go with Kyler. Good pick. Taking Kyler. Well, I like Kyler there. Tight end quarterback, back-to-back picks. Love Kyler. Yeah, there that's, good, that's good value there. Um, Risky. So here, not a fan. I'm man. looking at tight ends. If, know, it's okay. If, it's okay. Uh, if Holes wouldn't have taken Ertz there, I probably would have taken there. Uh, I don't want to reach on Ingram yet. Just the health is still an issue. So I'm going to go with 
probably another running back. Um, I need some youth here. I don't want to grab Gurley, and I, once again, can't grab David Montgomery. Uh, fuck. I'm going to pickle, boys. I don't want to grab Le'Veon Bell. Gurley's out Why there. Why not, dude? Uh, how much time I got here? 12 seconds. Or... Gurley's there. Le'Veon. I could read. I'm going to go with uh, Scary Terry. Don't not not crazy I like that on it. pick. I love that pick. I I was he was my next on my list, he's but the next on he just Coming in twenty twenty doesn't appeal to me. But in the future, yeah. Coming off Woods, I was hoping I would get uh, Scary Terry. I still am not too interested in taking a tight end or quarterback here. Um. So I'm gonna take my next receiver off the board. It looks like, and that is gonna be my receiver three. To compliment Julio and Woods, Mr. Michael Gallup. Young player there. Alright, so we got Debo off the board, and now Kyle's up. Okay. Well, I like my one two punch at running back, but like I said, I don't think you can ever have enough depth at running back. Um take him. I'm not I'm not taking old man Todd with the busted knees. We're going to scroll down a little bit and, uh, hmm. Tough one, huh? Just a little bit. Got my heart set on running back, but and I think, uh, this might be a reach, but he's the most attractive name out there. We're going to go with Chris Carson. That was, oh. that was my pick. All right. Carson, so then we got Adam Thielen off the board, David Montgomery, and then Gurley's finally off the board. Mm. Gurley's gone, Carson's gone, Montgomery's interesting. gone. Very interesting. Looking at B here. Uh, I'm not sure what he's going to do. Yeah, I could go either way here because, yeah. you know, I drafted pretty smart. Unlike the others here. Hey, I'm most hyped in the fucking lobby right now. I'm not even going to talk. I like my team. i got to fix my running backs coming back around. But Hmm. I think I am going to stick with my strategy. Probably take one... Running back, one wide receiver at this turn. Hmm. Which ones, though? Let's see. I was looking at them last turn, so I think I'm going to grab my third wide receiver, Tyler Lockett. Mm -hmm. I like that pick. value I there. I like it, too. Mm -hmm. I think he's like 27 years old. 20, yeah, 27 or so. Not too young, not too old. I like it when Russ is throwing to my wide receivers. Yeah, and I think he's under contract for two more years. Hmm. For my second pick here, what am I thinking? What am I thinking? Like Kyle said, you can never have too much depth at the running back position. I think he still has... A couple years left. I'm bringing him back. I know you do. The guy's your That's good value from. It's Le'Veon Bell. Come on home. I just couldn't. I wanted him. He's the main receiver. native. Yeah, I wanted him when it was my pick, but I just couldn't have Melvin and Le'Veon Bell as a running back. So Justin Jefferson, the rookie's off. Uh, then we got Jarvis Landry and then Watson off the board, so Kyle's up. 
this one this one was a lot easier than my last pick. We're gonna go back to receiver. We need that third receiver, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna keep him young here again. Go with young Marquise Brown. Don't want a Brown. Hollywood. All right, uh, Jalen Rager is off the board. I like Rager. All right, so coming into my seventh pick, we're looking at Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, Austin Eckler, Julio, Robert Woods, and Michael Gallup. Um, I think I got a really solid option at receiver here. Um, I took three tight or three three running backs in the first three rounds, so I feel good there. I don't think I need to pick another one up right now. There is. There's two players on my mind right now, a running back and a receiver. So we're playing in a three. If it, if we were playing that third flex, I think I'm going my running back. But since we're playing a third receiver, I'm going to try to get the value out there. I'm going to take for my seventh round pick, Miami Dolphin, Devontae Parker. Damn it. Nice, take him. I hate Devontae. Uh, James Conner. Oh, damn it! All right. So I was taking James Conner there if he came to me. I really, I, thinking. I really need a running back. I don't like Devin Singletary, but ooh, hold the phone, bro. Tom was talking about him, and I agree, but it might be a bit of a reach. I do like Raheem Mostert. Um, Gross. <laughs> I, I like him. Honestly, though, like... But I don't want to reach on him yet. I like him over a couple picks here. I'll so I'm looking at much. holes. Holes definitely needs a running back. Yeah, so to take part I, yeah, I just snipe holes here. I have a second here to grab, so I'm taking Cream Hunt. I would have gone there. I panicked because I had like a second there. Fucking damn Drafted a kicker in the seventh round. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just We're don't like that. Right it's funny. Nuts. It's funny. <laughs> so it's like sort of fucked up, though. What to do right now? Mm. <laughs> what are we at, B-Town? Uh, now we're 10. Suppose you might want to speak up. Yeah, I'm just thinking. Sorry, I don't know what to really. Think do anybody's gonna listen to this or no? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. Okay, I don't know. It's okay. I'm having fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess I'm going to go with. I think I'm gonna take. The monster here. And yeah, I like him. I just feel like he could possibly come back around. It's a tough pick, but I might go, I might just, I know I can't do that. I already have a wide receiver on Kansas City, so... No, I thought I thought it was like five. Uh, let's go with let's go with Henry Ruggs. Fuck, dude, damn it! I was so set on Ruggs there. My first uh, I was, rookie. I think Ruggs is going to be the best rookie wide receiver in twenty twenty. He was the best in the class. He's fast, man. Eighth overall pick, right? No, so overall. that yeah. screws me up a bit. I really wanted. Rugs there. I thought he had the best value. I still am not crazy about my running backs. Um, 
Me either. Um, I feel like I don't like him, but he has probably the highest. Uh, I don't know about the highest floor or the highest ceiling. I'm gonna go with Devin Singletary. God damn it, dude! No, I'm not Singletary. No, fucking computer took Dakota. (laughs) I think that is such a good value right here. Rain Dakota Prescott. Yeah, that's a really good. I was gonna look at him if he dropped him in. Um, I actually think that with my current, the way my team's currently stacking up, pretty. I'm not liking the receiver value here. I'm just thinking, do I want to get the running back that I want? Is there a running back that I want? Or even though Dak just came off the board, I see one, four. There's eight picks in front of me that could potentially be a quarterback. And I'm uncomfortable with anything past Mayfield. I think I'm going to go with it. Cooking Russ. All right, yeah. I wanted Russ. Good value. Okay, Russ off the board. TJ off the board. Was anyone targeting no, TJ? Yeah, no, no, way too early. Got a little well, computer. I feel like the the elite quarterback ship has sailed. No point in reaching this round. Yeah, I feel like um, that's a tier one and two there. Scroll down. I could finish my lineup by getting my second flex position here. And uh, then I'm going to go with... Um, one of the most experienced guys that are still up here, big boomer bust potential is uh, T.Y. Hilton. Okay. Okay. I don't. I don't mind that. He's just old. That's about it. I'm not crazy on him. Yeah, I hate okay. your fucking team, Kyle. After T.Y. Christian Kirk him, went off the board, and then two quarterbacks, man. Josh Allen and Carson Wentz. I don't know where I have Hilton. At. I am back I on the clock. I have four running backs in Christian McCaffrey, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, and Lev Bell. And I have three wide receivers with Cooper, DJ Chark, and Tyler Lockett. Really got some options here. Let's see. I think I am going to get my fourth, fourth wide receiver. The deep play specialist himself, Mike Williams. Nice. Off the board. Mike Williams off the board. And then I think I am pretty set at running back and wide receiver. And a bunch of quarterbacks just went off the board. So I think I am going to target my number five ranked tight end in today's episode. And I'm going with Darren Waller. Good pick. I like that pick. So Will Fuller, David Johnson, oh, Evan Ingram. All, right, so all the ti- all the good tight ends are basically off the board. All right. Um. Imagine if we didn't have friends and we actually drafted with computers. Oh my god! It's probably a good time to get my second stake in the the best offense this league has seen in years. I take uh, Miko Hardman. I like it. I was gonna take him, but I, I like him. Okay. He's a little lower on my list, but I still like Miko. All right. So Carryon Johnson goes right after Miko Hardman. Oh, Correction. That's my third stake in the Chiefs' offense. I still don't hate it. Oh, oh yeah. Oh. 
<laughs> Can't go wrong. Yeah. I mean, you can... Yeah, you could go wrong, but... Alright, so we got... Uh, okay. So, receiver value, I think... They're running backs. So there's going to be... There's probably one or two names that I'm even interested in continuing to draft. Um, so I think i got to take one here because I see some value in receiver. And I see a few tight ends that I would be okay with. So I'm going to go receiver here. I'm, I mean, uh, running back with what I believe to be the next off the board in Mark Ingram. Yeah. Nice. Oh, he was Good. All right. Nice. So I was pretty set on taking – no, not the kill Harry. I was oh, actually – Oh, um, I'm pretty set on taking the potential wide receiver one in Houston with Brandon Cooks. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Can you Cooks? All right. There's not much left here. Not. Um, I think I'm gonna go. I might. I might just take Lindsay here, just because. Can split. With Melbourne and see how that goes. See how that turned out for Austin Eckler. I wanted him as a handcuff, but I didn't want to take him. For that early. And let's go. I think I'm gonna. I know. Don't know. I get two picks. Okay, so it's long. Um, Sorry, Michelle. <laughs> I think I'm going to take T. Higgins, maybe? Yeah, I'm taking T. Higgins. So, here. Um, kind of split between Keyshawn Vaughn and Ronald Jones, but I'm going to take the guy who's actually played an NFL game. So I'm going to take uh, Colonel Jones here. Just stacking up those mediocre mm. Yeah, picks. dude. I don't like my team. Computer just sniping my picks, dude. He no took fan. Dak. He took Noah Fant. I didn't want to take Fant this round, I don't think, though. So here I am in the 10th round without a tight end. Who? Um, I am the only one on the way back without a tight end, so I don't feel like I need to reach for one now. Until the quarterback or the computer grabs another yeah, one. Yeah, they probably will, honestly. Um, running backs, I'm not really in love with any of them, to tell you the truth. Um, I think I see... I really don't want to take A.J. Green because I have Julio. But I think A.J. Green is decent value here to add on to my first four receivers. I'm going to take him. I will take AJ Green. Michael Pittman's off the board. Kyle's here. Right. Took three straight receivers. I think it's time to. I want to get back to the running backs, but 
uh, field's looking a little short. Scrolling pretty far here. It's getting, it's getting pretty thin out there. Yeah. Top guy on sleeper right now is Keyshawn Vaughn. Well, I guess I'll be the one to do it. I'll grab Keyshawn Vaughn out on a whim. He's young. Yeah, that's about it. Just worth it. After Keyshawn Vaughn, Brandon Ayuk goes off the board, then Deontay Johnson, and then Darius Slayton puts me back on the clock. I don't know what I'm thinking here. I think. I got a really uh, balanced team here. Two picks. You can't go wrong with um, more wide receiver depth since we have to start at least three. Probably going to start four a week. I am going to go with. Ooh. Nope. Young stud, Anthony Miller. Out of time. Yeah, oh, fuck. That Joe Burrow. You know, you still got Anthony Miller, but it took Joe Burrow. first quarterback, Joe Burrow. That Joe Burrow. Hell yeah, B. I was going to pick Baker with my next pick, too, but that's all right. Joe Burrow isn't the worst. Sorry, <laughs> Baker went off the board. Pick. Yeah, it's not terrible. We just grab a veteran on the way back. Yeah. All right. So we think we're going to wrap Joe this up Burrow at the end of the 12th. Pretty Yeah, we got... This is taking a little longer than expected, so we're gonna finish up the eleventh round and then uh, it wraps back around and wraps back yeah. around for the twelfth. So you end. All right, it's finally time for a quarterback. Good old uh, Republican Matt Ryan sitting out there. <laughs> oh <He's>, my god! <laughs> <laughs> He's coming home. Wow, Matt Ryan, dude. Yes, sir. Like the second. Okay. Matthew Stafford, baby. All right. Yeah. So, quarter uh, computer takes his second tight end um, <laughs> in, four in four rounds. Yeah. So, not looking at a tight end again. <laughs> in in round eleven, I'm kind of looking for a player that could potentially, if something goes right, turn into the best player here, and I think that one is going to be Alexander Madison. That's good. Are we taking kickers, uh, or no? At least for this. No, I mean, okay. oh, just so I know. Only have yeah. 12 right. rounds. We'll just so here, back-to-back um, -back tight ends for that yeah. computer. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> I'm not really worried about a tight end yet, because I can get one on the way back, because Holes already has Zach Ertz. Um, I'm going to get some good value here at at running back, and I think he's a bit low. I think he's really low. And that's going to be uh, Matt Breida. Okay. Matt Breida. There's a team, him, him and uh, James White, but Breida's younger. Alright, so uh, over on the Colts there, uh, I think it's a decent value still. He's still considered. He's going to split at, at least. 
and it's pretty good value down here for him. So I'm going to take Marlon Mack down here. Um, and let's look at some more wide receivers if there's any left. Mm. Yeah, great. Um, uh, not, not much out here. I mean, at this point, he's old, but he's going to be splitting the field with uh, Mike out there, so I'm taking Sanders. Yeah. It's late. Like, really, really late. All right. Uh, I need a tight end. Uh, I'm taking my next man, Tyler Higbee. That's pretty good value for Tyler Higbee. Yeah, coming on uh, in around 11 there. Is him and I wasn't expecting four of the computers to take their second tight end. So no different in the draft. I saw that Henry Goddard, Gesicki, Hooper, and Higby were all there, and uh, yeah, they're all gone now because <laughs> six people in the draft have two tight ends. Um, so I guess I'm gonna wait till I get like uh, OJ Howard or something. Um, Johnny Smith. So. I mean, Aiden I Hurst. guess here I take. What about Jared Cook? Um, Matt, dude. I like Hayden Hurst. I actually think I'm going to just take Hurst. Yeah, like, I like Hurst. Mm -hmm. Pass offense. In reality, I would definitely have sealed up a Gasicki or Goddard or Hooper. Um, but I'm going to play it, play the ball as it lies, dude. Taking Hurst Hayden over Hurst. Uh, I'd take Higby. Higby's gone. Yeah. Oh. Higby's no, I was just gone curious. Up. Yeah, I would Darryl take Henderson. Hurst. Gerald Henderson goes next. Okay. Kyle's on the board on the clock. Uh, just going with a simple receiver pick here. Pick up Sterling Shepard. Okay. Oh, Sonny Michelle. There he is. And to close the draft. CJ Ham. CJ Ham. CJ Ham. I'm gonna. I know. For for our listeners out here, I just want to make a serious pick here. All right, guys. And I was looking with the departure of Darius Geis. I know Washington got another rookie in Antonio Gibson, so I guess I'll grab him. He's on my dynasty squad. All right. All right, boys. Great episode. Hopefully that didn't drag on too long. Hopefully it wasn't too boring. Hopefully you could uh, follow along in our mock draft there. But that'll do it for us today. Be ready for the draft this Monday at 6.40. August 24th. Get pumped, boys. See y'all next time on the Hills Cast. Yeah!